and welcome to this podcast called Incoasis, where we are building a platform that attempts to capture the experiences of being engaged in psychoanalytic psychotherapy in various variegated and vaguely defined contexts and through a wide nexus of locations on, off, behind and beyond the analytic couch. Here we talk about the messy, beautiful, astounding and meaningful processes that are currently shaping the present and future of this field through a growing community of thinkers and writers immersed in it. Incoasis is a space where we can diffuse some of the mist around the headlight question, Akhiri Indian Psychoanalysis kya hai? What is Indian Psychoanalysis anyway? My name is Ipsata, and I want to explore this ginormous inquiry the same way I do everything I love, through stories and ideas. Through these conversations, my colleagues and I shall engage with our narratives and reflections as trainees, practitioners, academics, professors, supervisors, patients, caretakers, all those locations from where we experience and create psychoanalysis in India with a spirit of curiosity and creativity. Today I welcome Savi Khanna, a peer and a friend, a woman and a lover in quest, to speak, to utter her work with, in and through love, politics and womanhood. It's achingly frustrating to put to words of introduction a work that has no beginning and no end in sight, but ebbs and flows and proliferates with inquiries at every punctuation. So I shall not make this naive attempt, even if it comes at the cost of inviting a listener into a territory that seems to remain mysterious almost as though by will. But perhaps that is what love is too. An invitation to faith. I actually don't know how to uh, introduce you. There are, in fact, two ways in which I was thinking I could introduce you. One could be like this very objective way. Sabi Khanna did her BA in economics and MA in psych from AUD. She's been around for eight years now. Yeah, she's the grandmother. She's the grandmother of this university. And what was it that I had said in the orientation of the juniors that there are four elephant pregnancies in her life now or something like that? It was weird. But anyway, Who said that? I, I did. <laughs> so that's like the less fun. Kind of objective way, but it situates you as this person who looks at everything you touch through the lens of anthropology and economics and politics and psychoanalysis, right? But then there's also this other Savi that I feel I'm getting to know. That's the Savi that excites me. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be such a scandalous podcast. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you know, I mean. Um, so from that standpoint, if I were to introduce you, I'd say, 
I take the same things you say about yourself in your writing, that you are a woman in quest of being a lover and writing herself as a lover and writing herself as herself. So that has been the more interesting part. Oh. Thank you for the, for both the introductions. <laughs> You've actually introduced me both ways. Hmm, I have, yeah. But I was also hoping that maybe you could join me and um, introduce myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> introductions are extremely reductive, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was I was hoping I just skip this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but I have to introduce you to people because yeah. I, I think um, part of... I mean, you're not separate from your writing. Mm. And you're not separate from your project. So, introducing you is, I think, quite a pertinent way of introducing your project. Because, I mean, for me, that has been the experience. I have known your work through you, instead of the other way around. And I know the excitement of that journey firsthand. So, that's why. You know, I'm basically selling your work through you. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Right? So, that's who Sally is for me. She's She's someone who is in the quest for writing love. And... And it's very interesting to me um, personally because the question of what it is to be a woman is so important to me. It resonates so deeply that I find that part of your work extremely uh, magnetic, right? So this is um, this is how I will introduce you. Magnetic. Magnetic. And there's so many people have used Uh huh. That's because you're a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much information. Yeah, yeah. you can also So, woman, lover, magnetic, something. Aha, perfect. I think we've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> we've arrived. Yeah. Okay, so, hmm. how do we begin talking about your work? It is vast. Exactly, and... Uh, and that's... Uh, that is what my apprehension is. Because... Oh, I've been practicing what I'm going to say today. <laughs> but now it's all blank. Um, but uh, speaking about the work is quite difficult. That's why I'm not able to present it a lot of times. Even though I keep presenting it a lot of times. Yeah. Um, it's because, and I think you can get it now since you've read it, how it's difficult to translate in speaking because it's, it's a writing. Mm. Uh, it's writing of love and it's writing of being a woman mm. uh, and writing a concept. Mm. Uh, so, this is actually going to be the first time I'm going to speak it mm. with someone. Mm. Um, and that's why for me it was important that you read the whole bunch, mm. even if we are not able to talk about everything, mm. so that you help the other. Yeah, that's a huge responsibility. But I feel the way I can make sense of um, how how significant it is that it is a writing mm. is is through knowing what you've written. Mm. Is that you know if if love as you've come to conceptualize it is a nurturing preservation <coughs> of multipotentiality and mm. possibility and two subjectivities coming together, then I think being a reader is such a gentle invitation. Mm you know, into that discourse Mm. where I still get to read you again and again in so many ways and we do not become intrusions to each other way too quickly. 
and and so in that sense this interview feels extremely intimate which explains a lot of the flirtation energy <laughs> um but yeah it feels it feels extremely intimate because of that reason. Yeah. Um, because now it's I mean I wouldn't say it's collision but it's it is like it's an intensity it's an intensity it's an intensity of two two positions two subject positions perhaps it's love it's love <laughs> it's love yeah yeah I and mean, I get what you're saying because that's how I feel whenever I read um my writing not to not that I'm selling it <laughs> but. Yeah, whenever um, I'm feeling lost, I actually read, go back to my writing to feel intense again, so that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just because of too many emotions, mm. um, which mm. I'm also feeling right now as I'm talking about it. Yeah. Um, so that's how. But I also know, and there's something also I've written in uh, in the chapter that actually published. Mm. Um, I write. Mm. Um, that I can only write when this intensity comes. Yeah. Um, so I cannot write when I'm not feeling this way. Mm. Um, and that's why it becomes so, for me personally, it becomes difficult to write assignments. Mm. Um, because if the intensity is not there, the writing does not come out. Mm. I'll give something bland, mm. which nobody would like to read. Mm. Um, so, so when, I mean, I'm sad I cannot write. Mm. Um, when I'm very happy, I cannot write. Um, but again, you know, the intensity you were talking about, the intimacy of knowing this work, mm. which you're also feeling after reading this work, mm. it's a it's a mix of all a lot of emotions. This this is reminding me something um, my therapist said to me. Mm. I think she had said that love is actually when you feel all the emotions at once. Ah, yeah. That resonates beautifully because I was just thinking that part of the intensity and the grounding quality of your writing comes from the fact that they are vignettes. Um, that you write in these moments yeah. and you bring moments to the page yeah. without losing the the body, the sensorial quality of that mm-hmm. moment. Um, and it's it's a very it's it's a little bit like reading a haiku because it's very short. Don't tell. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like a haiku because it's your voice yeah. in the rhythm of the words and the choice of the words, mm. and mm. in the choice of the segments itself that you've picked up. Mm. It's very much you, mm. which is why I thought it was beautiful that you began the chapter on I, a woman, with an exploration of loneliness, mm. which was just I mean, in in a in a work about love. I was quite moved by how you preserved a space for loneliness. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. How did you arrive at that? That, that part of writing? Mm-hmm. With, um, again, the way <laughs> I write, um, even that part, the what I've written is, it's not coming from one point. Mm-hmm. It's coming from a lot of things that made me choose to write that part first. And one of the first things is how, where I was in my own life at the moment. Um, and also, very importantly, what I was reading in that moment. Um, so we were reading a lot of... I was in my master's, so we were reading a lot of feminist literature. Mm-hmm. We tend to be reading a lot of psychoanalytic feminism, we were 
will not about uh, mm-hmm. humiliations or mm-hmm. uh, experience of being bullied mm-hmm. what does that mean mm-hmm. um and also not just um and of course like you know to put it right out there being woman is not about being biological woman mm-hmm. it's about being woman it's a psychic woman mm-hmm. um so you could be in some other body but the experiences of uh say mm-hmm. creating this experience of what a woman being a woman means mm-hmm. in this uh larger world of binaries where we we have to go to theory for that we should not go there um but if sexual difference is like that um and that's how the world creates us that's how the world others us in these categories so being a woman in that othered discourse what what that means so this loneliness is also something what something i also wrote in the internship report Mm-hmm. right so it's not just the loneliness of being a woman or a woman researcher it's also a discourse in loneliness mm-hmm. of um me not finding a language to speak um about who i am mm-hmm. um and i think love makes us utter that mm-hmm. utter what we were not able to utter ever mm-hmm. um so love makes us I know which. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm very close to um, the beginnings of parts of your work. So when I think about what you just said, I'm reminded of how you despite the fact that you're so close to um you know the loneliness of this other object that is woman. That's where we begin. Mm-hmm. Not despite in fact perhaps because of that your work on love has to begin in couplehood and in and with you are being in touch with your anguish and mm. and your sense of being lost and not really finding yourself in this couplehood and it's it's a very intense dialogue that first chapter that I've also published um it's just this constant negotiation and you don't even know if it's a negotiation because it's it's a lot of questions that mm. don't really get answered mm. yeah and and they're also uttered in language so they don't even at times there is there is a doubt whether this is even my question mm-hmm. so questions about uh, can you touch me can i touch you can can we touch each other while not losing touch with ourselves um and i was thinking about how entering the discourse of women has to begin by entering couplehood because uh, as you've mentioned in your work as well mm-hmm. woman is the negated uh, masculine no you disagree with that woman is constituted as the negated masculine mm-hmm. what the argument is in the writing is actually it's another position which is not you mm-hmm. so you constitute me as a minus one of and this is french feminism mm-hmm. constitute me as a minus one of this one thing that should be the masculine mm-hmm. um but and that's what everybody has a lot of people have been saying that i'm not that negation right right i am something <clears throat> more yeah and i think in the writing that's what i'm saying i'm arguing when i'm asking these questions i'm saying ki you see me like that but i'm not mm-hmm. like that i'm something more yeah so i'm not just a negation mm-hmm. i'm not just a lonely other object i am much more and when i love i 
I create that mood. Mm. When I love, I create that nearness. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that's also an argument towards um, a woman's love. Mm. Because a woman's love would be out of this negation, mm. this negating discourse. Yeah. So that's the argument. Yeah, and I, I, I see you arising yeah. at that point yeah. in your writing. It's yeah. not something that I felt you began with. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps was the gift of that whole process of negotiation mm-hmm. where you're wondering. Yeah, and I think it's um, so it's, it's also not a complete negotiation or a complete arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, ebb, it, it, it's like an ebb and flow. Like it comes and goes, it mm-hmm. comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what happens when I don't have language to speak about my desire. Mm-hmm. I'll find it in flow. Mm-hmm. I'll find it in fissure. Mm-hmm. Because the world does not let me speak. And so I'll, I'll, I'll shift between these two languages, mm. creating my own, but also using the other mm. one, because that's the one I have. Mm. But I also have to create something of my own. Mm. And there's a celebration of this yeah. ebb and flow yeah. uh, in your writing, where you say that, you know, you don't really get me. Mm. And you say this to the other, mm. and when I read it, I felt like there was almost pride mm. in the way you wrote that. Um, there's also a strange um, pleasure in this mystery that we experience as women. Mm-hmm. That this is not my language and that I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But I struggle. So I am someone who struggles. Mm-hmm. And that is a moment of triumph. Yeah. But there is a moment of, I would say, pride, triumph, and anguish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's singing with anguish. But it's also singed with hope. Because uh, anguish means there's also anger, there's rage. And rage means that you have the capacity to protest, you have the capacity to resist. Or mm-hmm. protest hoga, resistance hoga, tabi transformation hoga. Right. So it's all of that, mm-hmm. you know. So, so currently also people are standing up and saying, no, not this language. Mm-hmm. What's happening in Shaheen Bhagat sector there? Fighting the language, they're protesting, they're angry. Mm. Um, so it's that kind of a thing that you don't get me, you don't get my experience of who I am. Mm. Because you stay in your own world, mm. you don't come near me, you don't come to my nearness. Mm. Um, and I'm angry mm. at that. But I'm going to say it. And I'm going to tell you that you don't get me. Mm. Because you need to know that. Mm. So it's about two things. One, this protest is an acknowledgement of my unique subjectivity, that I am, in fact, different. So mm. it is a moment of acknowledging difference. Mm. Yeah. And second, as you say, it is a call, it's an invitation. Um, perhaps uh, an enraged invitation, mm. but it is still an invitation yeah. for nearness. Yeah, exactly. And that's where love comes in. Exactly. Mm. And also, of course, my writing is not a conversation with an extroverted person. Mm. Um, there's a lot of others I'm talking to mm. outside and a lot of others I'm talking to within me. Mm. Um, so when I'm constituting a couple, it's um, it's not like I'm talking to a real lover I have. It's not like I'm talking to an ex mm. and saying these things to me. Mm. Um, but it's a kind of a him or another that I've internalized mm. with whom I'm speaking. Um, because this language, this negating language is also something I've internalized and live with it. Mm. 
I have completed it a lot of times. Um, and yet there are moments where I have to fight it. Mm. That's also the choice that do I think what we'll come to later mm-hmm. but I also think I just want to highlight that it really brings another layer of meaning to mm-hmm. the coinage of Savi meetings mm-hmm. um, these meetings that you held in your community in, the com- in your community right? mm-hmm. in the community that you were invited to and it's what right. I it is your community yeah, now. yeah. And, and these women who uh, welcome you and, mm-hmm. and speak to you about mm-hmm. their experience is of love mm-hmm. uh, within without beyond in between um, whatever other actual and um, and metaphorical boundaries of the community. Mm-hmm. So they call those meetings, mm-hmm. Sabi meetings. Yeah, they call those meetings Sabi meetings. Mm-hmm. Sabi meetings is this community I have been, I have not been working with, but I have been visiting since mm-hmm. one and a half years in a village in Odisha. And it's a group of women who have come together and we work together. Um, and I meet them and I talk to them about why they do what they do. Um, and that's what perhaps my thesis is going to be about. Yeah. It is about. <laughs> <laughs> right now I can't say it's going to be about. <laughs> I guess we are negotiating. Yeah. So well, how did you arrive at um, seeing the community as a space? where you could carry your question of love. And also, before we go there, mm. uh, I'd also like you to talk about um, the sense of the ending. Well, this is this is the phrase now mm. that comes to my mind. The sense of the ending that you had once you'd written your, uh, once you'd written your dissertation, once you arrived in your answer. Because when I read your dissertation, I thought that, I mean, you write your questions. So... I don't even sense that there's a desire for any conclusions in your writing. Um, so I can't say that I felt that you'd arrived at knowing mm-hmm. what love is. But I thought that you had a very personal and um, an organic journey. Mm-hmm. And therefore, um, like like a bit of self-knowledge, you know, that, that is inherently going to be transformed with experiences mm-hmm. of what Sami's love Mm. might be your love might be and I resonated with that deeply mm. so that gives me reason to believe that it must be a very authentic arrival for you mm. um, but clearly it, it was not a full stop yeah it was it was not an arrival either mm. so it was it was never about giving a definition of love or, uh, or giving a conclusion to love mm. even right now in my MPhil I'm not looking I'm not like I'm going to give you this grand narrative of what love is from a travel woman's perspective no yeah. um the writing and that's why writing is important because it's a showing of what love yeah. is mm. according to me yeah. right so that's what it has been the moment where i stopped the ma writing was just it just felt like i made it it's enough for right now um and i always knew i'm going to move forward with it so I knew if I'm going to do an MPhil, I'm going to. Uh, I wasn't sure if I'll, I'll make this my MPhil dissertation, but um, I knew that I'm going to work on it in the future. And I actually wanted to work on it independently, but given the amount of engagement that's needed, um, I thought I'll just do it as my MPhil dissertation as well. Um, so that's one of the parts about loving. Um, 
and i've known it's going to be a long term work so right now also i know it's going to be a decade long work or maybe a long a life long work mm. so i'm not looking for ki mujhe kuch i'll reach that i'll reach a definition of love i don't think there is a definition of love ever mm. um hum jab se humanity shuru hui hai jab tak people are trying to theorize and nobody knows about it mm. um if we could just like take a moment and yeah. sort of like articulate what you arrived at in mm. your writing and in your ending dissertation i thought there was like this one excerpt that for me mm-hmm. captured what you arrived at or not arrived at mm-hmm. um and it goes like this um our love is an encounter in the here in the in between and the beyond in the here of our subjectivity our particular subject positions right here right now in the beyond of the symbolic the order of the world we inhabit and in between of our sexuated subjectivities an encounter situated in the limit that the other me or me not penetrate me an encounter that creates a possible space for each sex body and flesh to inhabit a space where we can play the memory of our history where we can sing the hope for our future with our history bridging the present and disconcerting the mirror symmetry that annihilates the difference of identity an encounter where we create a relationship with both ourselves and between ourselves yes yeah, so this is actually not the arrival it's the the departure ah this is actually where i would say as beginning from oh. and this is really really mm-hmm. really really writing mm-hmm. when i was given my language to it her so this is this is her work right her book called i love to you mm-hmm. she's written a book called i love to you concepts from there mm-hmm. um so for me this is what i wanted to write about when i begin writing about love mm-hmm. so the things the first two chapters i wrote about i write in i a woman are an answer or like when i departed from this mm. thing that that is where i arrived mm. uh-huh. um so the last chapter was a kind of a theoretical background uh-huh. the first two chapters wow yeah it was all it was ulta yeah theory came later my writing came first right um it might seem like it's and this is an arrival but like i said it's not there is no end or a beginning to it it's just it's an ebb and flow mm. um so sometimes it comes in i write sometimes it comes in i have open and it is a rigid language to it and it's here mm. um so yeah that's how this is i would call it a departure mm. mm-hmm. and i'm still arriving sounds very nice uh sounds so romantic mm. yeah my rising is the part etc it's very tough um to actually keep it alive mm. um especially i i like i'm three years old now from my dissertation uh, and i'm still there like all of it is still very much alive but i've also moved beyond it mm. um but i also not moved beyond it mm. um so to keep all of these feelings alive all of these thoughts alive um i felt this way um sometimes i still feel this way um i might not be the same subject i'm not the same subject i was 
um, I don't have the same views mm. anymore. I have more views now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you say you are wounded. You are already wounded. Yeah. You are a wounded subject. Yeah. I am a wounded subject. Yeah. So this is bad. Mm. So that's what I was um, also wanted to say. In my writing, it's it might feel like it's a lot of savvy, which it is, but it's there's a lot of lot of speakers I've plagiarized from, but I've not plagiarized from them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so they are I've read them. They are in me, and I'm writing through them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, crazy because you take it okay and tell you you know this is from there. This uh, is from there. So I feel like you're always in like in this very tense, quaking interstate between knowing your experience yeah. and then having this lang- this stream of language yeah. on the outside yeah. Yeah. that you sometimes sort of dip into yeah. to reach yeah. to, to reach yeah. out for something, yeah. something to yeah. bridge this yeah. this gap, this interspace where you are. Exactly. And also I mean like I was grateful for all the poets and theor- theorists and writers before me who've written about love. Because I was really, so what I was not able to give language to as a woman and as a lover, um, mm. their writings helped me give language to. So there'll be there'll be Frida in my writing. There's a lot of Amrita people in my writing. Mm. Um, there's uh, Gibrani. There's there's Wilke. There's Bas. There's Ingere. Yeah. There's a lot of Anudhas. Mm. Um, there's a lot of Savi. Um, there are there is the reason the time. Uh, I'll call all of them lovers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, baths I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of baths there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lovers and there are also the others that you're talking to in your writing. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking through them. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, right, and that's what I think when I say. I'm, and we're beyond what I've written in that thing. Um, is also I'm I'm beyond them. So like I loved Bath, I still love Bath. But I've moved on. Even from Ingrid, I've moved on. Mm-hmm. The reason also I'm still there, I've moved on. Mm-hmm. So like they are still so they are my mystic writing partner. Mm-hmm. So they are they are the markers mm-hmm. that have remained in the mystic writing pad. Mm-hmm. In the so the markings are there. But it's a it's a clean slate now? It's not a clean slate now, but there's a layer there are layers about them. Right. Um, so that's the relationship. And I already I mean I, I feel like this question is already uh, it's like a multiple socket opening yeah. you now. Yeah. <laughs> because I've gotten a sense of your relationship with, with mm-hmm. thinking and writing and, and being mm-hmm. a lover. But um how would you talk about or how would you perhaps commemorate your movement that you're talking about from this text mm-hmm. to where you are right now mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what you've understood about, um, about life. You have to wait for six more months. Mm. I'll write my dissertation and then you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So then shall we enter the community then? Uh, yeah. So that's what, so coming back to the, the question about of community ka question kahan se aaya again i would say wo aaya nahi wo shuru se hi tha shuru se hi the idea was that i have to i remember the first time i wrote about what i want to write about love it's about love and social transformation so that was the first idea 
Mm. Actually, thinking about that, we entered the woman's question. Mm. So the social actually came first in my imagination and we entered the woman's mm. question then that perhaps social can't be a woman's area. The question of community was just there since the beginning. The emulating, I would say, was like a pause in thinking. What first? Mm. Um, so when the emulating finished, my I knew, you know, we were seeing it arrival. Arrival kya tha is writing. Arrival was this. Like I have now reached here. I've written about myself. I've written about being a woman. Ab isko community mein kaise dekhte hain? Because the original task was this one. So the writing is very much about love and politics. Mm. Uh, it is about politics actually. Even as much as it is about, it is, it is about love. Mm. Um, and currently, we are also, like in my work that I want to do right now, um, we are looking at love and politics at the same plane. Mm. Almost like, maybe if there is, According to two sides, one is love, other is politics. Mm-hmm. That's how we're looking at love and politics right mm-hmm. now. Um, so the question of politics was always, always there. Mm-hmm. And politics is always, it's about one, it's about two, and it's, it's about more than two. So it's about politics, but the idea was to take it to a larger context mm-hmm. and see how, how that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when I met one of the women from the village who had come to the university to give a workshop and I heard about Ekanari Sankhthan and their work and how Bhavya had worked there. Uh, the way they talked about the journey of their group, I felt like what I had here in the village and I had thought about it and I so, I was thinking about it, so I thought about So, that was my interaction with this community. Mm-hmm. And, um, what some of the striking things here, I mean, you just do what you want to do, what you want to do, what you want to do, and I know it's a mm-hmm. difficult question. Um, you need to do dissertations for it. Um, but, um, I mean, was, so Bhavya was written, was working, has been working with them. Uh, it's her work. It's her work. I have to tell it now. And I'm just looking at her work. Mm. Her and the women's work. So, um, group it's a group of single women who came together in their loneliness. Mm. Right? So, they were lonely. They had their own problems. They were part of a community. But by virtue of being single, they had a particular kind of experience, they were like living, loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came together in the singleness to talk about their singleness. And singleness doesn't mean that they were unmarried mm-hmm. or widowed. Singleness meant they might have husbands, they might have partners, but their experience of life was not singleness. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came together, um, they started talking about the singleness, they started talking about their stories, um, and through that they went through a kind of transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, as a group, 
of women coming together mm-hmm. and they were also able to transform their relationship with the village community mm-hmm. um and now they are actually right now currently it's been seven years since the group was formed they are very much involved in cre- taking this experience of transformation that they've had by coming together in a group and loving it um it's they are helping villages like women and villages around their community mm-hmm. um to be able to get through a similar experience mm-hmm. it sounds like it's a development of a politics that is more consciously informed about love exactly mm-hmm. exactly so and that's yeah um, don't complicate it by saying that I wanted to say um yeah. mean though like i said it's if you look at the coin one phase is love one phase is politics mm. so what they do is love mm. um politics kar rahe hote to shayad nahi hota love that looks like or that impacts through politics love is politics mm. Mm. love is politics what they do is love what modi does is politics mm. So that's how that's how I'm imagining love. So now love is no longer for me in the in this plane of dire between me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have the same force. It has the same processes for mm-hmm. me. So I don't see the love between a man and a woman, or the love between two people, mm-hmm. man, woman, whatever, mm-hmm. um, is any different from doing love in the community mm-hmm. or doing love in. within a group in terms of intensities and intensity as well yeah so it's i it, there's no difference mm-hmm. for me it, it's the same process it's the same internal um processes or external processes that give birth to both experiences mm-hmm. um some people might call it desire mm-hmm. same desire has well, some people call it transfer some people call it transformation <laughs> um but again transfer group level pe chalega ki nahi kaise chalega that's another thing Yeah. Um and of course not getting into theoretical concepts right now. Mm-hmm. Um some people call it desire, some people call it something, some people call it something. So but I would say it's the same force, the same field that makes either mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that's how I'm asking you to see people to look at love. Mm-hmm. Love does not mean occupation belonging. only uh-huh. um when it is only occupation and belonging it's only about two parties having each other uh-huh. it becomes indian occupied kashmir or it becomes pakistan occupied kashmir uh-huh. right so that's fascism uh-huh. but when love is not seen as just occupation just property just ownership uh-huh. but it's looked at in its multiplicity of the kind of things it can do hmm. and the things that it can allow to be exactly mm-hmm. to be able to do yes the, the people that it can allow to be yeah um it gives birth to a, another way of politics mm-hmm. another way of doing things another way of being mm-hmm. and to me these women were doing that mm-hmm. um again not to say they're not problems in the group not to say that sometimes the group also occupies positions mm-hmm. that are not um um revolutionary mm-hmm. they are very very fascist can be but that's the point you are going to be like that you're going to want to occupy mm-hmm. things 
that's the difference between translating to subject. So I'll be right there. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense that, you know, when you look at love as something that you can do on so many levels in so many different ways, mm-hmm. um, we, we engage with a space of infinite possibility that cannot be captured by language yeah. and by history as we know it. Yeah. So that also brings me back to, you know, your, um, your theoretical exploration of femininity. Hmm. Yeah. Something that exists in multipotentiality beyond language. I don't have any easy um, answers for it. Because of the fact that they are not able to in genuine language, I can't mm. speak it. Easy and I, I guess not few either. I mean, there could yeah, be so many responses. Exactly, yeah. so many responses. And um, again, to reach reach closer to the intensities I feel and of course it's not about I also you know it's it's not just Savi's love so it's not not like I'm going to classify and create a category of Savi love it's not only Savi's yes, love it is Savi's love yeah but it's also and that's what there's this line um I had written um I think it's in I write only where I say that I am all lovers so I'm, I'm Radha, Meera, Sita, I am the beloved, I am the mistress, I am the loving wife. I am all of them. And I am a point and a line and a sphere. All of it. And talking about love, you can't categorize it um, into this one kind of love. And I think that's the particularity about love, that it's not particular. Um, so how do we recognize uh, love by quality or by anything. How do you recognize love? But if you want to recognize it, you'll have to represent it. If you have to represent it, you have to categorize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you categorize it, you're back to categorizing and classifying. Right. That's, why, that's how we got here in the first place. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't have an answer to that. Mm-hmm. And it's precisely because I don't want to categorize it. I don't want to say that this is true love. Right. Hum yeah. pedagogy nahi bana sakte. Yeah. But uh, would it be uh, would it be truthful to say that you know when you are in the presence of love and when you're not? Especially having done this work. So um, so I, I would say love love has two things. It happens to you, and when it happens to you, you know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But doing love is a conscious intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, so love happens to you, but you do love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can love. congratulate you. Yeah. 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 Love happens to you, mm-hmm. but you do love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where that's where I am. Mm-hmm. So love happened to me in a lot of ways, in so many times, at so many times. But then what I did was I did love. I also don't want to like I said I don't want to say that this is what happens, this is what happens, this is what happens. Because it would be. I mean, I, I mean, who am I to say that? And yeah. if you are doing love, then you don't tell people what exactly. what their love looks like. Yeah. Because, I mean, for me, one yeah. quality, yeah. again, without wanting to very usually circumscribe this, 
But what I what I'm carrying in me right now is the sense that love could be a moment of devotion and commitment mm. to preserving mm. all that can be. Mm. So it is it is a little bit short sighted in the sense that that some of the key operatives there are faith mm. and like comfort with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But it is far sighted in the sense that it mm. has great capacity for yeah. this uncertainty. Yeah. So it's the same. It, I mean, yeah. you, you, the weaving in and out qualities are two and four qualities yeah. and right here. And yeah, yeah and uh, again, there was this is. I don't think it's in the first two chapters, but it's later somewhere. I think my beach me dhala I experience. I think I don't know if I've written my experience to love, but I've uh, written that it's in the ha- having and losing you mm. that I experience love. Mm. It's not just having you. Because I cannot have you. Mm. I can never have you. Never, ever have you. Mm. So in the having and losing of you mm. is where the doing or being in love lies. Mm. It's wonderful. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Because see, love is not a good experience. It's um, definitely not a simplistic, uh, yeah. masturbatory fantasy. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. So it it gives you anguish. Um. It gives you a lot of pain. Um, it also trans does transform, but I think and the transformation for yeah. So I've always imagined transformation caused by love as a phoenix burning. So that's what if you want to do, how do you recognize love? It's going to be like that. But again, again, I don't want to say that you have to compromise in love or you have to burn yourself in love. Um, very politically incorrect and not a good thing to say. You know, and that's what happens in violence. There's a there's a very thin line between love and violence. Mm. Yeah, I've sensed that. Right, there's a very thin line between that. Perhaps here the question of women's love comes in, because if you are in the masculine discourse of love, mm-hmm. you're going to hurt the other. Um, trying to be at this the nearness I've talked about, mm-hmm. the agency I've talked about, agency of knowing that I have a different language that you don't understand. If we are able to get near to this language. Mm-hmm. To your own language, that that is when love makes you agentic. Hmm. That's that's why it makes sense that eventually oh, we depart from the idea that love is a two-person thing, yeah. so that agencies can play here. Hmm. And it sounds like a lot of the burning, uh, if if you were to look at love through this <laughs> non-language language kind of an apparatus, hmm. then it seems like a lot of the burning comes from the in-between space. Yeah. That also brings me to what I was thinking about grief in love, mm. and I mean on a on a personal note, I've experienced a lot of grief in these past few months, and my love has also been greatly intensified in this grief. So that's another way that I maybe to make sense of what you're saying. Mm. But that grief doesn't necessarily demand from any real person mm-hmm. and other to somehow erase this part hmm. of our story because yeah. it would be an erasure. Yeah. And this is again applicable to a couple and it is very much applicable to politics. Hmm. Especially in context of race and caste. If if I go there in the village, they're not they're not the same as me. I carry so much privilege there. I might be a woman as them, but I'm not the same woman. There's so much Oppression, I carry not oppression in the sense like I am the oppressor, mm-hmm. right? I am also the oppressor mm-hmm. by the virtue of being where I was born, right? 
um, so for me a lot of question has been around this also when you go there how do I traverse this line between love and violence, love and, violence. Mm-hmm. and to be mindful that you can't be a perpetrator of yeah. violence without yeah. wanting without yeah. intentionally yeah. exactly and that in love you can have the intention yeah. to violate yeah yeah just the sensitivity brings a new texture yeah. to exactly. exactly. So this is again, you know, it, again, it's also in couple root. It's also in a couple of, of couple root of this kind of role. And you can also say me going there in this group, it's a couple. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's not a couple. Um, so what you were saying about, you know, what you just said about love, I was saying that it's not just about and, and, and that's my task, right? To say it's also about politics, it's also about experience. Mm. Um, when we say personal is not political, or when we say personal is political, I think that's the tired. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just divorce the thinking of these processes are different from seeing me going out and protesting. I would say it's the same process. So it's the same process. And that's how personal is political. Always mm. Always personal. Mm. And always not political. Sometimes I also feel personal is not political. It's not Modi's politics. Personal is not Modi's politics. But it, or, but it, it is also Modi's politics. And that's what happens when you're in it for too long. You actually question. I'm babbling right now. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, but but yeah. it's, I'm not lost. I'm okay. not entirely lost. Yeah, I have associations. Yeah. See, uh, like, you know, the, the way you turned, you sort of veered from what I was thinking about grief towards politics, I felt like in, in, in that movement itself, that mm-hmm. movement is telling of perhaps the, the politics that you see that is driven by love mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. You know, as you say, that is in fact love mm-hmm. is, is a politics that is response to an acknowledgement and an experience and living in a subjectivity that is born in grief. And so I was thinking about these moments that you've written about in your, uh, in your internship mm-hmm. post mm-hmm. that are about eating. Together. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if those are the moments where you create a, a non-verbal, like a language that does not depend on words. Yeah. A language yeah. of body. Exactly. Where you uh, live yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you like to talk a little bit about that? One of the moments, and I didn't like, Rishta Shuru So I was looking at moments like, which, at which moment did the relationship begin? And was it when I met one of the women in the university or did it begin when I actually went to the village? Um, and the woman you're talking about where I went there and I had not eaten anything in the morning and the group was maybe waiting to see me. This is the first time I'm seeing them. And I go there and the person who brought me there, he was there. And the woman just asked, have you eaten? And we told her that we had not eaten because we had gotten the up late and we had to go meet the women so we didn't have time to cook and because it's a very small town uh, there's no restaurant open after so breakfast closes at 11 so when I went there the they were aghast and they were like how is this possible we got they said we're not going to have the meeting if she's no eating <laughs> they were like we don't eat one so then one of the women just held my hand and she just held my hand and just took me away to another house where and then they gave me food and they gave me so much food. They didn't have much left 
because it was afternoon they had already finished their bit but they gave me bath which is boiled rice and they gave me mango chutney because it was june there was a lot of mango there so i started eating and then suddenly another woman came with another sabji from her house then another woman came with another sabji from her house and they were like they were making me eat and i couldn't eat so much food but very tense so this was the one of the first moments of in the village one of the first you say we were eating you joined in the meal no i was eating they were just look sitting around me and staring at me and they were very expecting me how does it how does she like it mm-hmm. uh, will she like the taste and to me the taste actually felt very familiar i thought ke itna dur gaon hai dusre state mein hai like i come from the region of odisha i was wondering khana kaisa hoga but it, it tasted very familiar even like the mango chutney felt tasted like how mother again there are very uh, a lot of layers here so nadivasi women couldn't like north indian recipe mm-hmm. so you can see you can see power you can see how the north indian discourse is influencing their life as well they use our recipes now yeah i don't know how much of an original recipe is that but yeah so the food was like that and we would eating was always very intimate is always very intimate जब हम वहाँ मीटिंग करने जाते हैं तो सारी औरतें साथ में बैठ के मीटिंग करती है बात करते हैं फिर जब खाना बनाने का टाइम होता है सो एवरीबडी गेट सेपरेटेड सो दादीवासीदर की आप डेवलपमेंट की बात कर सकते हो ग्रुप में बैठ के आप गाँव को बदलने की बात कर सकते हो एनजीओ में बैठ के बट अगर साथ में बैठ के खाना नहीं खा सकते सो यू ऑल ऑफ दीज कॉन्वर्जेशन आर फ्रूटल सो डिसाइड सिंगिंग अ सॉन्ग 
I, I feel like it's it's this newborn innocence mm-hmm. that we are in touch with right now, mm-hmm. which I cherish a lot mm-hmm. deeply. It's as though we haven't been completely corrupted yet. Yeah, yeah. I would say two things to that. Like first thing is my I think this is my general answer to everything. It's a chameleon being. So like at moments I'm like, okay, yeah, this thing is making me not in the session. In the session, like after I'm like, okay, yeah, perhaps this helps me. But a lot of times I also feel this bit at ease कि जो class में पढ़ा था वो तो होता ही है या हो ही या फिर होगा या कुछ और हो रहा है ऐसा चोट कि वो तो होता ही like I said वो तो होता ही नहीं है कि ये तो हो ही नहीं रहा क्या हो रहा है this is my imagination perhaps but also in my conversation with senior therapists I feel that they are actually more like some of them can be very concrete in terms of kind of theory they want to use but a lot of them actually feel more aloof in terms of for them it's easier to let go of theory and do something innovative in the session as a trainee it becomes more difficult mm-hmm. because you're in training and you have actually not tasted you've actually tasted the theory but you've not you've not had an essence of it mm-hmm. you've not digested it mm-hmm. so when you're in training you're actually kind of digesting it mm-hmm. and sometimes it gives you the idea <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I think I think it is in nearness that you realize that you you may have some reserve yeah. of courage for yeah. love. Yeah. Yeah. And it is in the nearness with the patient mm-hmm. or with your therapist that you realize yeah. that there is something so much more. Exactly. And I think that that is what you just said is the most important thing because most of us here are also patients. So being a patient yourself really helps in negotiating how you are also dealing with your patient mm. as a therapist. Mm. And I don't know about others, but in my own therapy, the things I have learned from my therapist in terms of loving or being together as a patient and a therapist, they give me courage to be a therapist in the session. Mm. There are times when I don't want to be a therapist mm. at all. But and but surprisingly, this does never happens in the session. So in the sessions, I love being love being there, mm. right? Um, I love seeing patients. Um, of course not. <laughs> um, but most of them. Sometimes love comes naturally. Sometimes you have to retrieve it. Exactly. So like I was saying, so coming to coming to take sessions, being in sessions, I really like it. I look forward to it also. Um, it's only when I'm away from the sessions, when I'm with myself, when I'm reading, mm. or when I'm thinking, or when I'm thinking about what to do with my life, I, for me the unease comes in there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come in the sessions so much with my patients because also again I have to love there, and of course it's not a have to thing in the moment. It just comes in as a person. You know, two people together, you're talking to each other, you're trying to understand. As a therapist, especially trying to understand what the other person is going through, mm-hmm. you're trying to help them work through stuff. So, me personally, in sessions, discomfort may hota hai. Bahar jaake, of course, questions arise. Am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right profession? A part of me says yes, and a part of me wants to keep doing this, but a part of me also again wants something more, and that's why perhaps. So I stay in Ahsas. I work with my patients, and I also go to Imadi Gudan 
was in the womb. So my wholeness, my beyond, I'm able to get from there. Yeah. And I think what works for me is the constant flux between these two. Unease makes me depressive, mm. makes me depressed sometimes, mm. makes gives me anguish, but I think it also makes me work through things. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's my own working through. Unease is important. Like that's what we want to make our patients feel, right? Not to make them uncomfortable, but we want to want them to see that things you're doing might not be right. Not right, but are creating problems in your life. Or creating unease. Much necessary unease. So therapy creates unease. We have the right to feel our pain. Exactly. So yeah. being in therapy is uneasy. Mm-hmm. That's why so many patients have difficulty coming to sessions. We have difficulty going to our own sessions or our own therapists so many times, right? Um, so that unease is also important. And I think it's other unease feel if you're too comfortable, you're not in the right profession. Mm-hmm. Especially in this kind of a profession. I think it's interesting that you should talk about, you know, have finding it difficult to go to our therapist because unease is difficult. But in my experience, uneasiness in nearness is a difficult experience of its own yeah. kind. Yeah. Sometimes you want to isolate yourself yeah. in your unease. Yeah. Perhaps that's the reason why it comes to you when you're not uh, in the therapeutic room mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a patient or with a therapist. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder what that does to our understanding of love and violence being so close together. This, uh, this desire that all of us touch upon sometimes to keep our unease, our difficulty, our pain in these pockets hmm. that no one can touch. Hmm. That cannot touch anyone. That's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. And love is not preservation. Love is. I think love would be to be able to let the other person preserve themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's also our therapists do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't, so right now I'm talking as a patient, not as a therapist in training, right? I am, I heal when my therapist is able to give me space to isolate myself. Mm-hmm. I heal when my therapist is able to tolerate my resistances tolerate my anger and if especially like I'm not a person who is able to express anger so in a more lively way mm-hmm. so the other being able to be there with you when you're going through all of that that's the work of therapy right and that's the work of love mm-hmm. to let the other be the mm-hmm. way they are the way they are going through mm-hmm. because when you want to occupy you want them to be this all good figure right um, but that 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 is when love becomes difficult mm-hmm. you don't let the other be mm-hmm. um, or perhaps spills away in violence yeah that's when that's when it, love becomes violent yeah um, but um, when you are able to give the other space to preserve themselves loving happens mm-hmm. and, and touch upon an undercurrent of togetherness yeah yeah and i think yeah. that's the work of therapy also mm-hmm. um to let the other person be but also not to lose them right you can't lose your patients to their discomfort mm-hmm. um you should not you lose yourself to your own discomfort 
So if this unease was so much that I I could have I would have stopped doing mm. that. It's not it's like no. Um but we'll leave here. Is it even to rope When you say losing yourself, I was thinking about how we hold on to language sometimes because we don't want to lose ourselves. Mm. But then through your work, I feel like we have the opportunity to understand other avenues of nurturing mm. ourselves. Mm. Where language, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as a punctuating, puncturing um, entity all the time. Mm. Sometimes it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then our frustration towards that not enoughness is the puncturing factor. Yeah. But then in these moments where you're cooking together, singing together, that I, I feel is another way of not losing yourself. Yeah. There is this moment, um, mm. I've not written about it in the theme, but in the poem you just published, there's this line where, Aagme tu bhi sulgi, or Aagme mein bhi sulgi. Right? Um, so this would happen, so this, the inspiration for this was, the woman I was staying with, uh, when she would be cooking in her kitchen. So they have, they don't have, now, at now they have gas stoves and everything. Ujwala and Yojana. They don't know how to use it, they don't like to use it. But they also, chule pe khana banate mostly abhi bhi, but tab tosi pe khana banta tha. This is last December. So, jab aap chule pe khana bana rahe hote ho, to usme niche angare jal rahe hote hai. And you have to constantly, uh, you have to keep moving them, mm-hmm. huh, stoves, right? Mm-hmm. So that they, they keep warm mm-hmm. and they give off fire. So when they were making food, I would sit with her, just, I would just sit with her, she would cook, I would sit. And she would just stoke them. And the whole room was empty. It was and um, I would look at her face through the through that amber roshni, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we would just sometimes smile at each other. Sometimes she would say something, we'd have a conversation. Mostly it was just silent looking at each other and just she's cooking and I'm staring at her and I'm really staring at the embers also. Those were I think very intimate moments for me. And that's what I was saying. So, Aag mein tu bhi sulag rahi hai, Aag mein bhi sulag rahi hai. We're both single women meeting each other. So separate, so different from each other. But you have fire in between. Yeah, but we are, we are together in this kind of nearness with each other. And without seeing each other, I think we, we, we share each other's pain of being women. Of being women lovers who couldn't have our love given our own subjective histories. But also as women uh, who have to go through things in life because they're women. Mm. I came across this quote by I think Evergreen. She was talking about how we come into this world, women come into this world, embodied women, mm. with a destiny for pain, menstrual cramps, mm. and uh, aches during our breasts are growing, and, mm. um, childbirth, and um, child loss. Child loss what they call quote-unquote bad outcome pregnancies um, so pain is almost at the core of the female body and of womanhood feminine body 
a feminine body. A feminized body. Yeah, exactly. Not a female body, but a feminine. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good response to that, to that statement. It does come to mind uh, when you talk about pain being at the, if not at the center, then at least woven very deeply into yeah. womanhood. Yeah, and that's what I want to, I think, with my work also, when it is misunderstood, you know, um, people sometimes only see pain. Yeah. Um, they can only see pain. So, also, you know, to say that it's, the work is not about women's pain, right? It's, it's actually about women's love and her agency, that despite being a wounded subject, um, we create so much. Yeah. And what are we wounded by? That is, yeah. that is also exactly. a myriad of entities. Exactly. Some of them may be biological destinies. Yeah. Uh, or discursive violences. Mm-hmm. Or bodily violences when yeah. we talk about feminine and feminized bodies. Yeah. But not yeah. biological destinies. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it's um, I don't think we should only see women as a pained subject. They're not. They're painting subjects. Painting subjects. Yeah, that's true. They paint. Mm-hmm. They're not pained. Mm-hmm. Right? They paint. Frida paints a portrait of her lover. And her pain. Yeah. And many, many cells retrieved um, despite loss of her extremity. I think your, your writing in both the instances has felt, I mean writing is art, but this is, this is writing that, that completely owns its aesthetic and the fact that it is an aesthetic. Uh, and, and that's something that I really resonated with. In my imagination, there's no other way hmm. you could, I mean this, this hmm. can't be a jargonite yeah. academic text yeah. at all. Hmm. It just can't be. Hmm. That would be violence, not love. Exactly. Exactly. So even when I come come back from the village and I'm like, we do a do and fro between theorize kaise karenge, gama mein kya ho raha hai, uske baare mein kaise likhenge. So I always go back to saying ki, for example, if somebody would ask me if I'm writing about love from a woman's perspective, love from an Adivasi woman's perspective, I'm not writing that. I can't write that yeah. um, because I'm not a tribal woman. Yeah. So even if I'm coming back and writing something, it's going to be what I have understood of love from them. Yeah. Right? Only they can write about what they experience love as. And that's the problem. They don't write love. Yeah. They do love. Yeah. Yeah. Their love happens when they're farming. Yeah. Their love happens when they work together. Their love happens when they work for each other. Mm. It's a very community, it's a very self-other doing thing. Yeah, I feel like that sort of brings us back to where you began with your relationship with writing. Mm. You can only write when you experience an intensity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you have to uh, write about love that is doomed, mm-hmm. you have to constantly retrieve this intense love yeah. for writing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of yes, but <laughs> yeah, um, mm-hmm. writing that is loving, writing that is feminine. Yeah, and I think I was thinking about this in the morning. When people read what I've written, um, they are either there are two responses from most of them, like either of the two, either they don't get it, 
or they just make it a very big great grand thing i've done and i don't resonate with either uh, i mean i was at this conference a very small conference in the mountains and i was talking about this work and they were all so amazed by what i was doing and i was like it's not amazing work it's it's very regular work and i don't know how you felt it but when you have read it it's a very everyday experience mm. of being a woman and loving so perhaps that is what is new then because my frustration with mm. language and theory is that there is no space for the ordinary mm. woman mm. and the ordinary experience of being a woman mm. in language and theory mm. so it is groundbreaking in that sense to mm. me it's groundbreaking to someone who's already so deeply grounded yeah you know yeah uh, and yeah but because we are women and we live this every day yeah. it's in some ways it is an act of being if if i were to put it gentle fashion i'd say it's an act of being honest mm. but if i were to go bold i'd say it's an act of being naked showing your skin yeah and a lot of people i think there's a third response also a lot of people are not able to read it uh, it just becomes too intense for them and that's why when i told you when you're reading it like it read it slowly even you know during my when i submitted the writing uh, my reader had told me that when she was reading she had to take a break take a walk and come back to it um, and i did not imagine that it would cause such a response to other people it's only when people start reading it and telling me that this is how they are experiencing the writing as mm. or like one of my lovers couldn't read it one another of my lovers didn't get it mm. even if he read it the other friends have not gone past first chapter and i i don't know how that happens i can only speak for myself i mean i have this obsessive uh, appetite for intensities for me it was quite a delight this mm. kind of writing i'm looking for in the mm. world producing such a writing mm. which in my imagination and in in my objectively questionable memory i have done sometimes mm. that can feel depending on the reader i have in my mind it can it can be extremely fulfilling or it can be extremely draining mm. but i appreciate that you have produced this writing it's so many moments of ease that don't happen in the world to us mm. and through us mm. um so to have that and mm. to have that as something you can return to again and again mm. is a gift mm. thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know as you're saying it even like i'm thinking and i like i've said that it comes from an intensity and the intensity also gets reflected in the writing but a lot of times i just don't know where it comes from so sometimes i read it and i'm like i i i wrote this even there's a dis- disbelief in me that i wrote this so i don't know who is the one i that right and again you know i've apart from the internship thing that you the village day that you read i have not been able to write after the dissertation shayad wo intensity thodi khoi hui hai abhi kabhi kabhi aa jati hai kabhi chali jati hai um and i think it's because of the times we are living in naked writing is as difficult as it is important right now yeah i i just find myself marveling at how what you describe right now is your experience with writing this this mm. work 
so far. But it sounds like a love affair. With writing? I, I don't know with what. Mm. Um, perhaps with many things. Yeah. But it sounds like a love affair where there is an excitement of discovery and then an excitement of rediscovery. Mm. Um, and then there are these phases of mundane togetherness and nearness, mm. which as hard as it is to articulate because they seem to lack intensity. Mm. I, I feel like there's also, uh, again, I think if you love any moments, then you don't want to disrupt mm. their yeah. inarticulability. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, for the longest time, like, some people asked me to convert this into a prep paper and, like, say, publish it. And I was like, I can't change the way I've written it. So either I publish it as it is, which you're doing it now. Not being able to write after this, I think, has been this thing only. Like, what do I do after this? I can't, it's going to be impossible to replicate what I did and not that I want to replicate that this is what happened. And also that I, like I said, I've changed. I'm not the same person. Um, Three years is a long time. Of course you've transformed. Yeah, I've transformed and I mean not going into my personal history, but I have had experiences in the last three years, which I mean, these are experiences I did not have then when I did it. So I'm pretty sure if I write something like this now, mm. it's going to be very similar, but there is going to be maybe more intensity mm-hmm. because there are more wounds and there's more healing that has happened in the last three years. Mm. And I, w- I would, I would just, I would love if people are able to write, not like me, but write with these intensities. You know, write with, write honestly. Mm. Um, yeah, I was thinking if I could if I could compare your writing to a genre of music, it would be soul. Mm. Naturally. Very spiritual. You don't even know where the sound is produced mm-hmm, from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is so in the here and now, you and I. Yeah. So, yeah, like my wish is for the world to be able to write itself with as much honesty. Loving wish. Yeah. I think that would be for me a a world transformed because we perform so much and also not to say that this language what I written is not performative it's very performative a lot of it is not my own words I've written them but I've taken it from a lot of people poets like write like this in that sense your internship report uh, seemed it it, I could see the movement there because uh, I remember being quite struck by what you did in the reference section that there are no references to speak of. Yeah. Of course, this comes from uh, all the readings that I've engaged with. Yeah. But uh, it's done in an unconscious way. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to translate them into a yeah. conscious listing. Yeah. And that was my anger also, you know, like mm-hmm. that. What I was saying, I was angry at the university discourse. I was angry at. That was the sense, you know. I go there as a researcher, but I don't know anything. Perhaps going to the going to the field also does that to you. But it was in that angle that I wrote, okay, I'm not going to write any reference. I feel like looking at you and your work, I can see that that statement for me is a two-part statement. It's not kuch par ke bhi, aur mujhe kuch nahi aata hai. Which means mujhe kuch nahi aata hai is, is a moment of waiting. Hmm. Kuch and it's a moment of loving and because lover is the one who waits. Right. So if I could party, I'm waiting. And child is not good party, I'm waiting. Exactly.
अगर मैंने कुछ नहीं पढ़ा होता तो मुझे लगता कि सब आता है सो आई एम सो Yeah, for sure. 